Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's had a great weekend with more college football. And I am blessed to have my good buddy, Pete Callen, back on as we talk UConn Huskies football. How you doing, Pete? Doing well. I share the same gratitude and blessing for being here. Hello, Husky Nation. Good to talk to you again. And especially good to talk to you after a win. Although some of us might not be as enthusiastic as we might think. And we might understand why. And we'll talk about that soon. We will. Yes, we will. And I have to apologize last week not being able to uh, do our show. I was coming home from Louisiana. I was at Tulane and LSU. Uh, just, Just times didn't work out for us. But we're back on. And like you said, we're here after a victory, uh, of course, it's always good to get back on this on that side of things. But like you said, I mean, there there's plenty to talk about and to, and to discuss. Well, as everybody knows, we we beat Sacred Heart. It was a score that was expected, thirty-one to three. A victory we all expected to have. Um, credit to Sacred Heart; they put up. Uh, pretty good fight, probably more so than uh, certain personalities expected to. I feel, I'm pretty sure you feel as well, Bobby, We sh- the score should have been a lot higher. Absolutely. And that standard should be there for a team that's expecting to grow and expecting to do bigger things at the FBS level. Um, and pretty much Coach Moore said that in his press conference after the game. Um, He said some things in the press conference before the game, and in a way and with a fire that I have not seen from him since he's been head coach, and I honestly loved it. He is putting everyone on notice that the standards that are being executed and the results that we're getting are not acceptable. And that's, that's language that you hadn't heard from a, head coach or coaching staff or anybody in the athletic department regarding the football program. And I'm loving the fire. What about you? I absolutely agree. I mean, we, his his comments after the game, like saying an FBS team is supposed to be an FCS team. Absolutely. And we did, we won, but I, I, I firmly agree with everything that he said, everything you're saying, Pete, that, we we should have went out there scoring 35 points in the first half going going on even more doing doing the great things that we should have been doing in that game and, and that's nowhere we're we're not putting the guys down at all but it's that competitive greatness that that needs to rise and it needs to be expected um you know coach Mora brings up this figure a lot and I can understand why because I looked up to him when I played and that was Ronnie Lott Mm. and one of the things that Ronnie Lott has been quoted to saying is saying is as a player can you border on the psychotic can you border on the crazy and be under control in the last couple of episodes I emphasize or kind of talked about 
having to you know, get close to the abyss, get close to the death in order to experience a win. And in thinking about that, I probably was not clear to any player that was listening what I meant. Some of the things that got to die are your bad habits. Hmm. Some of the things that got to die are basically some of the things that may have up to this point helped you survive, helped you get to being the player you are now. But for some reason or another, I'm not allowing processes to further ahead and, and advance for you to reach new levels in order to reach new levels of competitiveness to be the player you should become. And that's including bordering on the psychotic and the crazy, risking life and limb in order to get that victory, in order to get that level of success. Because that's what it's going to take. That's the kind of mentality it's going to take team-wide with the execution of every play, how you execute your job in order for you guys to become competitive winners. And for anyone wanting to go to the league, you certainly got to become that. There are a few players that do do that. I've learned to make that their regular on a normal basis. Christian Haynes, Jackson Mitchell. There are a few more that are doing it, but they don't do it as consistently. But that, we got to get the whole team and a good chunk of the team uh, that to perform like that on a regular basis. And I think Coach Mora, he's frustrated because he's seen championship level ball. He's seen where you have to go, where you have to drive yourself in order to get to that level and that standard of performance. And I honestly think sometimes he's getting some shoot back feedback from certain personnel in, in the fan base, in the, you know, maybe even in the campus culture, the state culture, saying he's got to do things a certain way. I said to Coach Mora, every successful team in the Northeast, whether it had been the New York Giants with Parcells, New England Patriots with Belichick, UConn basketball with Calhoun in the early days, UConn women's basketball with GNRM in the early days. It took them being a little bit of a butthole and insisting on doing things the right way at a high standard, their way, in, in contrast to what was suggested to them at the time in order to turn things around and make them winners. That winning path is a fine path. It's like the eye of the needles. Mm. It is finite. There's certain ways you got to do things and ways in which you got to do things the consistency in which you want to do things. And at some point or another, it might rub certain people the wrong way and they got to decide whether to be helpful, move out the way, or get steamrolled. And I hope that Coach Moore is turning into the steamroller because that's the kind of personality it's going to take to turn this around. I, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying, Pete. And I think with you hinted to some of the things he'd been saying recently <clears throat> and and I firmly believe he he is going to be that guy I think you have to I think every other way has been tried it's not been successful it's not yielded what it needs to be yielded in terms of uh, wins in terms of win loss record in terms of 
um, that kind of result on the field. And you and me have been in co- you know been in coaching long enough to be on both sides of the ledger. Mm-hmm. And you know it sucks being in his position. I know that I've, I've been in other positions where you know you you're winning championships and it's a great feeling. But when you have to turn things around and you know when you're trying to change the culture around like he has, it's known downtimes for such a long time. You know you try to be nurturing, you try to be one that wants to be um, uplifting to the person around you and, you know, set that tone for the culture, which is, it's a good thing. But after a while, there there comes a a time where you got to step over the threshold and you might have to push people over it by kicking them in the ass. Mm -hmm. And I think we're at that point with everyone at UConn football. I don't care, you know, what level of success you've had in the recent past um, what kind of star player you were, you know, what recruit you are, or how you're coming in. Everybody needs a big, you know, the boot up their butt because we got to get this thing going in the direction it needs to. And I, I see that in his attitude. I'm all for it. You know, as long as he's not abusing kids, and I don't think he's like that at all. But, you, right, know, right. You, you know, he was raised by a Marine. I saw that mentality come out in the last two uh, press conferences. The, the military guys coming out. I like it. it. It it's interesting that you bring that up because that's actually one of the one of the things I thought of too. I'm like the way the way his father coached, but then the way he raised him as well with that background. And and I think it's going to serve Coach Mora and this team and program so well. It is. I mean, there's certain things you gotta do to win there's a certain discipline you have to do to win we talk about we talked about all season operations right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know in the military you have to have them down especially you know with certain groups like special forces and what have you because if you don't it costs lives people get killed right right and that's the that's the background that he comes from with his dad being in the military now you know we, we said on past shows like you know football's not war it's not it's not close to that but you know as i said that when i'm like i'm i'm thinking back you know those, those quote crazy players of the 60s and 70s they brought their mentality pretty damn close to that kind of thinking mm-hmm. in terms of what they did and how they tried to execute you know why because a lot of the calisthenic programs a lot of the phys ed programs their their whole genesis came off of World War II, and who brought them to the school systems? A lot of World War II veterans. That was the mentality of the, of the school system back in the day. So that's what was what was brought to sports, and that's why it brought about so many success stories. So many people bring themselves out of you know situations that were not the greatest um, in terms of maybe being in the mental funk or coming from a bad neighborhood. But it was that discipline and that approach that brought those people up because it was effective. It worked. It works in the military. It still works and still used in the military. But that's the kind of effort and that's the kind of focus that, you know, these players have got to have. I would suggest, honestly, pretend you're in one of the military academies because that's the kind of precision. That's the kind of demand. That's the kind of discipline. That's the kind of intensity it's going to take to turn this around because in the military nothing's accepted but winning you have to and you know from a you know kind of a sports life and death thing 
if you want to change it around, you want to save your, quote, sports life, UConn football, it's, it's time to turn it around. It's time to step up. We know you, some of you guys have been working working hard, but you got to bring it to that next level. Mentally, you got to ask yourself and look yourself in the mirror whether or not you're doing that. And if the results aren't there, then you're not. And you got you to find a way to do it. I absolutely agree. And, <clears throat> excuse me, like, like you said, we, we've been there from the coaching side and just how how difficult it is to do what Coach Mora is attempting to do and will do. He will do it. It's Can you kind of speak All to that, Pete? You people to believe and it's going to happen. It's going to turn around. Right. You right. just got to find 20 or 30 guys that are on the same page and execute at that level. It's going to turn around. And we might have some of those guys on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that we have on the roster right now gotta gotta grow up and ask, look themselves in the mirror and ask themselves where they want to go. And being a part of a program, you thinking about transferring or whatever. I mean, that's not gonna outside things don't make you grow. You make that choice from the inside to do that. And if you can overcome these challenges right here, you know, you'll go to the league. <laughs> Right. I mean, that happened in Cincinnati a couple of years ago, right? I mean, mm-hmm. other programs that had you know, breakout seasons. And, you know, we've proven we, we produce pros when we don't have things rolling. Imagine what will happen when we start rolling with things. Oh, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. I, <clears throat> I, I, you, you and I have spoke on that on many occasions about how what what this program can do once – everything's headed in that right direction because of all the pros that we've produced beforehand. I mean, we've, we've, we've had discussions at length about that. And I mean, obviously we got a couple guys on our roster right now that are going to be in that situation in the very near future. And Pete, can you kind of speak to the culture shift that, that has had to take place, but then is moving forward, how it's going to be even completely different than what it's, what it is right now, even. There's so many directions that can go. Uh, are you meaning a specific, um, instance within just the campus statewide? Where do where do we want to go with this? I guess let's let's just focus at first on the the just the cl- the the closeness being campus and then broad broaden it out. I guess we can say. Well, UConn has a championship expectation on campus, obviously, mm-hmm. from the success of the basketball programs. Um. 16 championships, nothing to argue against. You can't argue against it. That standard is what it is. And we've had the fortune of some great coaches um, that have come about to create that culture here on campus. Um, what people don't know, though, or may forget, is some of the same fight that Mora has now in convincing folks that things can be big time here with football. Those two gentlemen had the same issue with their programs. Um, Gino even more so because he wasn't even given his own office when he came in. Right. Um, <laughs> and women's basketball was created as an afterthought. 
um, when I went on, when I was on campus in the dorm, I stayed in, I, I stayed in the same, same dorm as a lot of those ladies that brought that program to, to, to dominance. I, I remember interacting with Rebecca Lobo and Pam Weber and Carla Baruby because they all stayed in my dorm. So you kind of got to see um, what the effects were in terms of trying to build that team. And I, I can tell you, I remember Gino running certain recruits off the team. I remember certain girls coming in the same class I did that couldn't handle it because he was, quote, too much of a guy coaching a women's game. They wanted a female coach. And they, they had a hard time taking his coaching style. And even the ones that stuck around to see the fruits of that labor had a hard time at times dealing with him because he was seemingly so maniacal and so, quote, testosterone-filled and, you know, he's fighting the image of Pat Summit and, mm-hmm. you know, all these other female coaches that were building programs at Louisiana Tech and Tennessee. And he was trying to, you know, build his own brand of balls. And he was having, you know, he may not have known it, but I saw it at the dorms. He was having some infighting amongst his own players, wondering whether or not there was this, the, the right direction. So, you know, UConn... In the Northeast in general, you know, for some reason, especially when programs have been down for a long time or haven't produced up to expectations, the fans, certain certain level of fans kind of rebels in putting teams and associated fans down. It's kind of like they want company for their misery. Uh, certain sports writers and media kind of join into that kind of energy. And it takes a real strong personality to have a plan, come in, implement it, nip in the bud anybody that wants to create doubt, especially amongst their players, to say, hey, you need to get the hell out of the way because we're building something and you can be either along for the ride or move out the way because if you don't, we're going to steamroll it either way. You're going to watch us succeed and then go out and win those big games and do it. Um, those opportunities are going to come with the football program. The way it's scheduled, we're going to have those opportunities, okay? But I saw Calhoun do it, saw Gino do it. There's no question that Mora can do it. It's just going to require a little bit more people. And, you know, there are going to be naysayers who are going to say, oh, you can't do it here. You can't build a football program here. Well, they said the same thing to Jim. They said, said the same thing to Gino until they did it. And so we're going to hear the same flappers of the lip until we do it. And, you know, instead of focusing energy on fighting those people and arguing with those people, I think we just got to get, um, just get the drawing board up, get focused and focus on building the football team, building an identity as a football program and, and doing it. And quite frankly, that's what Edsel did the first time he was here. He just put his nose to the grindstone. He wasn't the most pleasant person either, but he yielded the results that resulted in you know, an FCS reaching the BCS Bowl in the fastest time ever. So it can be done. 
<clears throat> Absolutely. And, and like you just said, UConn's done it before. So like you said with these with the naysayers, and we, we don't need to go on a tangent about those people because it's not worth wasting our time, but it's been done it's been done before. We can do it again. Can you say that again, Bob? You kind of broke up oh, there. I, I was just saying how we don't need to re- reflect too much on those naysayers, but because it's been done before and we're going to do it again. Oh, no question. It's not a question of if. It's not, it's, it's not a question of uh, if. It's a question of when. Um, we have athletes in Connecticut. Albeit it's not in mass, and Coach Coach Moore is right. It's not in, in enough concentration for us to totally turn it around. We're not Texas. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, we're not a lot of places, but we can get enough key guys to contribute to build and add to the program. Um, but there are other programs that don't have a big, you know, state or in-state high school prowess. Most of them, most of the states in the union don't. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, little old Connecticut is still in the top 15 of producing the top 247 players in the country. Going to twenty four seven sports. That's saying something. You got something to build off of here, and if you create roots recruiting wise in the right places to get enough of the right players to build something here, players that want to go off and prove something to themselves and want to you know build their own legacy, you know it could be done here. Mm-hmm. And-, and there are players out there that want to do that. Absolutely. And I'm a former JUCO coach, and I'll tell you firsthand, all those JUCO kids, well, I shouldn't say all, but the high-level ones, you're going to get, they're going to come in, they're going to work their tails off because they want to prove that they belong. And they're they're going to, I really like that route personally because I've been there. They've had things taken away from them. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You're going to have a different mentality when you have to work to reacquire that which you thought was stripped from you or through your own efforts or lack of efforts, you let take be taken away from you. Um, those guys have a different mentality and you get enough of them focused on, you know, building a, a, a kind of culture that will benefit themselves and, and those around them and, and put their all into it, uh, they'll, they'll produce something special for you. I mean, they're kind of in that situation already being at a JUCO. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of a similar dynamic that will happen um, at UConn. And, you know, this route's been done before. Um, if anybody remembers uh, Coach Snyder from Kansas State, yep. that's exactly yep. how he built Kansas State back up. <clears throat> yep, that's exactly right. And, um, there's no reason why it can't be done at UConn, um, especially with you know some of the financials starting to be put together. We got smart people in the state. I mean, you know, it's it's one of the per capita leaders in income for for a reason. 
So there's a lot of smart people here that probably can figure out a way to help the athletic program uh, build an NIL base and attract some of these players. And then it's the matter of Coach Moore coming in and, and you know, giving them a place where they can showcase their talents and get to the next level, which I think all of them will be interested in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we got some pretty good pieces on the roster already, too. Right. Um, so, you know, it's a matter of them meshing up and continuing that evolution of the brotherhood to something. Uh, I'll tell you what, when they succeed, it's going to be like nothing ever seen before in that state. And it'll be something inspirational for everybody there. And, uh, when we reach that, all the heartache and all the all the difficulty that we've gone through will probably be worth it because it, it would have put foundational pieces down to build to, to something um, that's successful. I, I can I can really relate to that right now, and I don't want to go on a side note tangent on this, but I'm a lifelong Detroit Lions fan. I'm from that area. What the Lions are doing this year and what it means for that area, for that state, and for somebody like me who grew up there and is so passionate about it, Husky Nation, I can tell you just how the pride that you feel when 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 your team is raising to that level, when you've when you've seen it at its worst, but rising to that level I, I can tell you it, it is something special and, and I what you're saying Pete makes me think of that but that that's what's going to happen with this team and with this program you're exactly right I'm especially after these two press conferences I'm convinced at least at the head position look he's he basically said, and if we're going to go out, we're going to go out doing things my way. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting everything, everybody on notice. This is going to change. And we're going to find a way to kick ass. And I, I, I loved it. I loved it. So now it's just a matter of, you know, I think Coach Moore finding his soldiers. Right. He's got to find who his soldiers are going to be. Not only on the on the football roster and the coaching staff as well, because mm-hmm. um, there's got to be there's got to be a shift. Everybody's got to be have that kind of focus, have that kind of level of execution, then um, that kind of demand for their performance and the, the the people for which they are they have charge. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. It, it will be. I it, it, that is for sure. <clears throat> well. I, I love this discussion that we that we've had here. I, I think this is fantastic, and I and I hope fans can can, can realize and, and what's coming and the, and the changes that need to be made, but what is coming. But let's let's cycle back to Sacred Heart. Yes, we won. What are some things in the game, Pete, that you saw that you feel like we, we did a good job, but what are some things that we definitely need to focus on? The one thing I'm 
extremely, I would be extremely concerned about um, was how we couldn't run the ball. Mm, yep. And couldn't run the ball consistently against them. And I say that in particular with the team who are, that's coming up because they run a very similar defense and they have a hell of a lot better athletes than Sacred Heart does. So I would not be pleased at all with the way we executed our bread and butter, which is our running game. Um, I think I was pleased with the results of the passing game. Um, but I quite frankly would, would expect some of the execution to be a lot faster than what it was. Yes. Um, I'm watching other teams run similar offenses like, you know, Oregon State runs almost the same offense. And the way in which they execute is like night and day. Um, the way they come off the ball, the way they, uh, the quarterback goes through his reads and is throwing guys open. That's where we should be, and we're not. And I, I don't know why. Um, and this, there, it, was, it was a good win, but it wasn't clean. There's a, there's a certain Christmas that, that should be there at this point. And um, so those will be my concerns um, going into this week's game to clean that up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I thought the defense, particularly the defensive line, defensive line did what they were supposed to do, and they pretty much dominated the game. Um, there are certain plays that, you know, shouldn't have been caught, like, you know, having – a long quarterback draw play and just certain certain drives that they have, like the twelve play drive, that's that shouldn't happen against us as a defense. Um felt like especially the secondary, you know, that their 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 passing rhythm got really predictable by the middle of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And God should have been you know, all over pass plays. It wasn't like he was trying to hold that that ball past the second and a half with a lot of plays. Um, and there should have been a pickup in the rhythm that the offense was trying to execute the pass game. And so when you pick up on little things like that, you should be able to make plays easier as the game goes along. And especially with our defensive line getting so much push, especially in the quarterback's face, he wasn't going to hold that ball that long. So, but I found most guys uh, sometimes trying to play over the top a little bit too safe and and not trusting that timing and making plays on the ball the way they should have. So, I, I think those are things that can be cleaned up in the game um, moving forward. And with UMass, I hope to God they do because I honestly hate that school. <laughs> it's a rival. It's a rival from back in the day when I played. I cannot freaking stand them. And any UConn basketball fan, and think of the worst, you know, rival we have in in basketball. And times it by 100 when I think of two schools from back in the day is UMass and Delaware for me. And that's where we're. That's who we playing this week. <clears throat> I would love, I would love to hear some of your your time playing against UMass. I mean, you, you went up against some good players. We, we've had discussions just ourselves personally about these things. What was it like playing in this rivalry? 
they're always they're always hard fought battles. I always remember by the time, especially except for maybe my senior year, every time we played them, it was always cold, rainy, wet, and muddy when we played them. Um, a lot of the games were physical contests. It was kind of frustrating because they would always have one or two plays that were a little bit better than ours, and they'd end up squeaking by by like six points or uh, two points or whatever. I mean, they were always close games. We only beat them, I think, one time during my career. Uh, and that last, the last game that we played against them my senior year particularly hurt because probably had one of the best games of my career. But there was one play that uh, they they pulled a wrinkle out of their hat and just give them credit. Uh, it broke the game open with seven minutes to go and put them ahead by three. Um, but th those are the types of games. They're, they're always close. They're always tough battles. Um, they definitely have a hatred for us as an institution. They think we're the wine and cheese kind of people and they're the blue collar folks that go to school and, and work hard and don't have much respect for UConn, UConn graduates. So the dislike is mutual. Um, I would hope that in the future, UConn fans develop a, a, a real primal and guttural dislike for them the way that they have for us and not just be kind of looking down over the top and, you know, some of them want to fight us. I hope they want, you know, some of us want to fight them in a figurative way, quote unquote, of course. Absolutely. And we, we've both watched this team, their current team. And what, what are some things, I mean, you spoke about their defense. They, they match up pretty well with what Sacred Heart did schematically now like you said they have much better athletes but what are some ways you think we can take advantage of of some of the things that they do and then what are some things that they do that could really may, might hinder us well Fumacon, their, their quarterback mm -hmm. when he gets in rhythm is a very good dual threat quarterback i mean they beat new mexico state early in the year and new mexico state is going to battle liberty for our conference USA championship. Right. The same New Mexico State team that just beat Auburn in their house by 21 points. Right. So, <laughs> this team, if they're all on, on all cylinders, can give us a lot of problems if we don't come with our A game. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure they're stinging from last year when we just straight ran over them and what? had our guys running downfield. Um, it's kind of the same principle we got to have this year. We got to reestablish our running game um, and, and get some plays off of that. And, you know, Cam and Victor have to step up and, and, and number five got to step up as well and produce and get those regards on the ground as well as the offensive line. Uh, Daquan has to come back and be super efficient. I think it would help for him to make quicker decisions and trust his receivers more and put him, put him in situations to catch the ball a little bit more. Um, and guys got to come down with, with catches and get open. So, again, the emphasis has got to be on the receivers and the quarterback to execute. And this time, when they get in the red zone, to score. 
bottom line. It can't be an acceptance of things stalling by the entire offensive unit once we get in the high red zone. That should be a place that we we should feel we own, and we should start taking action to own it this game moving forward. <clears throat> I absolutely agree with that. and I, I, I think that that's the key to the game myself is – when we when we get in the red zone, we have to punch it in. We have to be more physical. And Coach Brown at UMass, they're, they're going to be very physical, but we have to be even more physical than they are. When I did my um, coaching internship back uh, with the Rams back in 2011, Coach Spags had as as offensive coordinator um, Coach McDaniel. Uh, Josh McDaniel, who was the offense coordinator with New England with with Brady when they were running, winning Super Bowls. And one of the attitudes that they had for their offense was, was two things. They were going to dominate short yardage situations. And once they got into the red zone, that was the area that they owned. You know, if ants or butts about it, they're going to find a way to score touchdowns. Field goals were not acceptable. And they made it a point to have packages ready to dominate that area of the field once they got down there. I am waiting for this team to start taking an identity for when they get in those situations in the red zone to start taking the onus of owning those situations, not being owned, um, not committing stupid offside penalties in second and short situations in a, t- in a tight red zone or a high red zone. Um, consistently um, sustaining drives and making big plays in those areas, making tough catches instead of having it stall, putting passes on on point accurately, making big runs. They did that last year. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to do that again this year. It's not like you, you can't do that. You did that, especially toward the end of the year. You, you own the red zone. You got to find a way to get that back. You got to have some momentum going into this game and going into the next season to find a way to do that. And that starts with attitude. 100%. How, How big do you think this game is from a recruiting standpoint? It's always big. I mean... The similar schools in size, uh, we have a bigger profile, but uh, we don't want to give them any momentum to brag over anything over us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really important. You know, Coach Moore said it last year, and I'll say it in, in unequivocal terms, you got to own your own house. Yep. And we did that last year. Because we beat all comers that came from New England. This year, we lost by 7-1. to one. This and, and this upcoming game, we got to reestablish our house. Everybody else is on a lease until we come walking in the house to collect rent. That's the kind of attitude we should have whenever we play anybody from New England. Moving forward. No one owns this house but us. And past history be damned. Like the old Pittsburgh Steelers used to say, 
we're not going to take a responsibility for what happened in the past. These new players should not take a responsibility for what happened in the past, either with Boston College, Holy Cross. I don't care who. Walking in that stadium up in Amherst, or Amherst, excuse me, up in Amherst, and walk like you own it and act like you own it, execute like you own it, and hit like you own it, because that's what's going to take to be a top flight program, period. Go out there and get it. Take it. Because they're going to try and take it from you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's all there for us to take. That's for sure. Yeah, but we're going to have to fight for it. Absolutely. Not be, ashamed of, not be ashamed of fighting for it. Go out with every down, every instance. This is the last game of the year. So there's no point in leaving anything on the sideline or anything. You know, play, of course, within the discipline of what you need to play. But let that primal energy out, direct it in the right ways that will benefit you, your team, get that win, and go out on a winning note. Absolutely. And, and I firmly believe we're going to do that. I firmly believe Coach Mora and the staff is going to have this team ready to execute at that high level that we need to be at, and we're going to go get this done and go out on a high note like you're saying. I don't think we got a choice. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Pete, it's been great talking with you. Like every week, love doing this. It's it's a it's a blast to be able to talk UConn football with you. And looking forward to being able to come back on next week, talking about a Husky vi- victory over a heated rival. And uh, anything else you'd like to add, Pete, before we get off the air? All I got to say is best of luck to the little brothers on the UConn Huskies. Go out in style. Go out with a win. Don't leave anything behind or off the, on the field. Have no regrets. Just go out there and perform. Do the best you can. Get out there and get that win. Absolutely agree. And thank you again, Pete, for joining me. It's always a blast. Let the, let the followers or listeners know where they can follow you. You can find me on uh, X at pkalen33. Once again, X at pkalen33. Absolutely. And myself, you can follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will. And then, of course, the podcast account at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless. And go Huskies. Beat UMass.